Chapter Twenty Nine of Riolaro, The Archipelago of Exiles by Godfrey Swevin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Nuku. We got on shore in a sandy corner of a great cave, and we were soon asleep from our great exertions and endurance. When I awoke I saw that the dome underneath which we slept was covered with myriads of glow-worms. Before long my eyes grew accustomed to the twilight of our abode, and I could see pillars of gleaming white stretch from floor to roof, as if hewn out of marble by the workmen of some great sculptor, and then abandoned before the capitals and bases could be carved into floral symmetry. Pendant masses waited for some architect to hollow them into forms of grace. Vaultings and domains of countless variety were there, needing only the skilled hand to make them harmonize into marvelous beauty. I could hear the rush and bustle of the current that had borne us in, as it swept I knew not whither. I looked to see the direction, and was for the first time struck by the wondrous azure of the light that was around us. Untroubled depths lay close to our resting place, and the sunlight that had shot through the waters of the low archway bore up the mingled color of the sea and the sky into the half-darkness of this undercliff cathedral. All the mouldings and groanings of the vault were bathed in a deep violet light such as we see in rare skies when the sun has long set, and the thin moon stands sickle-wise beside the harvest of the stars. Only in our own shelving niche were the marks of the discoloring hand of man. The debris of former fires lay scattered, and dark shading ran up the marble of the roof. It had been used, I could see, for generations as a camping ground of recurrent dwellers in the cave. Our guide soon had a fire lit, and the meal he cooked was welcome. As we ate, he told me a story. He had, with the aid of the father of his fiancée, followed up a wonderful invention of his father's, who had died from an accident in his researches. It was a method of utilizing the germs of disease in warfare. Millions of the most destructive and most prolific plague-scattering microbes were enclosed in minute globules for aeropoints and in huge bombs for catapults. To prevent the plague spreading amongst friends, they had also found a powerful disinfectant that could impregnate the air for miles in a few minutes and destroy all the pestiferous germs. A Figlefian, having heard of the invention, lured him into their island with the promise of making a hero of him, but had enslaved him instead, and he had lived like all the Swoonarian slaves, nursing the hope of independence and revenge. He had been taken by his master on the last voyage, and had discovered during the shipwreck that his bride was included in the human cargo. He burst out into loud injectives against the licentious tyrants, and he justified his determination to revenge by a description of their devilish lechery and intrigue. When the story was finished, his bride had disappeared, and we followed her along the gallery that edged the torrent. We came across her seated upon a broken stalagmite, but as we sat down near her on the shelf that had once been the tide-mark of the water, a wild shriek pierced our ears. It shot through the gorge we had just passed, 
and peering into the darkness through which it was sliding we saw two men like sneekape clutching fiercely at the slippery walls of the ravine as their canoe swept onwards it was the shriek of despair and helplessness away into the unknown it sped and the agonized voices were swallowed up by the darkness on the other side the yell grew muffled and far off and then suddenly sank our guide laid his ear to the azure depths of the indwelling ocean but he heard no more than i did the suck and splash of the waters in their undercliff passage and the boom of the waves as they struck the wall of rock without we returned to our sleeping place we watched the twilight of our cave die out and the glow-worms glimmer and flash on the roof and i fell into a dream of star-flights in space and the intricate dance of worlds across the face of night i was oppressed to agony and awoke the violet light was rippling along the vault and palling against the steely glimmer of our living lamps i heard the rush of the torrent but there was no breathing or rustle of mortals i looked around my companions were gone here was i alone buried in this underground hiding-place of the waters frenzy seized my mind and i rushed to the edge of the torrent only to find the canoe gone and the traces of the feet of my guide and his betrothed upon the sand where they had embarked after a time i roused myself from my despair i noted that the inrushing waters had downward flow if i follow them i should be certain to find human beings i made torches of the garments that lay in the nooks and stumbled along the marvellous cave for how many days i know not guided by the hiss of the tortuous waters to the right i often lost the wall that i crept along there were deep sub-caves branching off at last i sank down in weariness and nausea of life my torches had given out i had long before eaten the last of my food i fell into a swoon and i seemed to dream i saw sneekape tempted by beautiful women and agonized to find them phantoms he was whipped and lashed as he and his countrymen had whipped and lashed the swoonarian slaves phantom after phantom drew him into love passages till at last i saw him sink in death upon the earth he had died of his own special passion it was no dream at all for my rescuer appeared and interpreted to me the scenes i had just witnessed they never killed any of these cruel tyrants who had done them so many wrongs they only let them feel what they had been and allowed them to die of surfeit of their own passions it was worth the trouble to make them agonize through the dreary fate of their victims and meet the natural result of their own vices to kill them off would be too merciful the method of nature was more just to make their own sins punish them they were about to ply a quicker solvent to these obstructives of the progress of man they had the germs of all the diseases that attacked their vices and every swoonarian woman was to be armed with capsules of them and whenever any one of the licentious tyrants approached her with unjust or salacious intent in his mind a capsule was with its sharp point to effect a slight scratch on his body and broken to pour its contents into the wound 
the swoonarian men were escaping by means of seeming suicide they plunged into what the figlefians thought a boiling cauldron in their burning mountain nuku but there was a cool space in it and it was into this that they dived and came up in the cave my rescuer had pleaded with his fellow conspirators for my life and on oath that i would never divulge their secret i was given up to him he blindfolded me and led me by a rough and devious path that zigzagged and circled round in the most bewildering way then i was conscious of being enclosed in something that seemed a coffin i dared not rebel and in fact i fully trusted the good faith of my rescuer i soon felt myself hurled as if through the air and my strange enclosure plunged as if into water after a few moments i had the sensation of stifling and then i felt a rush of briny air into my lungs there was buoyancy about my cell and before long it moved along the surface of the water and struck land i heard the voice of my guide again the lid of my coffin was unlocked and i knew that i was standing on the earth in the sweet air of heaven once more many a mile it seemed to me was i led up and down but at last we sat and food was supplied to me again we started forth on our rough journey i was led down to a sandy beach i knew by the sound of the rippling waves and by the soft pliancy of that on which i walked i heard men's voices and the sound of paddles i was lifted into a canoe and my rescuer whispered in my ear farewell i sought his hand and pressed it in token of gratitude when the band was removed from my eyes i was on board my own yacht and the dawn was breaking in the east End of chapter twenty nine